0: Loving Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. We pray, Lord, that our lives shall be the simple outworking of your will and that this life you have been pleased to give to us shall be used to bring glory and honor to your name. Without you, we cannot do that. Therefore, Lord, we ask, please, abide in us, And as we, through this devotion, abide in you, may we find strength to give us the grace that would help us to live in harmony with your will. I pray, Father, for your Spirit upon all of us, and that you would also grant to me utterance, put your words in my mouth. Help me, Lord, that I would speak the words that are in harmony with your word, that it may be power and it may give life to all who listen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers in Jesus' name of Creed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 13 divine vengeance dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord romans chapter 12 verse 19 although nabal had refused the needy company of david and his men yet that very night He made an extravagant feast for himself and his riotous friends, and indulged in eating and drinking till he sank in drunken stupor. Nabal thought nothing of spending an extravagant amount of his wealth to indulge and glorify himself, but it seemed too painful and a sacrifice for him to make to bestow compensation which he never would have missed. Upon those who had been like a wall to his flocks and herds, Nabal was like a rich man in the parable. He had only one thought, to use God's merciful gifts to gratify his selfish animal propensities. He had no thought of gratitude to the giver. He was not rich toward God, for eternal treasure had no attraction for him. Present luxury, present gain, was the one absorbing thought of his life. This was his God. Nabal was a coward at heart. And when he realized how near his folly had brought him to a sudden death, he seemed smitten with paralysis. Fearful that David will pursue his purpose of revenge, he was filled with horror and sank down in a condition of helpless insensibility. After ten days, he died. The life that God had given him had been only a curse to the world, in the midst of his rejoicing and making merry. God had said to him as he said to the rich man of the parable, This night thy soul shall be required of thee Luke chapter 12, verse 20. When David heard the tidings of the death of Nabal, he gave thanks that God had taken vengeance into his own hands. He had been restrained from evil, and the Lord had returned the wickedness of the wicked upon his own head. In this dealing of God with Nabal and David, men may be encouraged to put their cases into the hands of God. For in his own good time, he will set matters right. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Divine Vengeance. David was on a mission to take laws into his hands and to avenge himself on Nabal but the wise counsel from Abigail, the wife of Nabal, stopped him from doing that. Now, after Abigail went home, Nabal was having a party and joined himself. She told him about what happened, that David was going to destroy him If not, that she had gone out and pleaded with him to stop him from coming to destroy him. Now, Nabal knew who David was. He knew very well who David was. And Abigail, when she was speaking with David, told him clearly that she didn't even know that he was the one protecting their sheep and the shepherds. But Nabal was well aware of it. And he knew who David was. So he was afraid from that day on. Ten days later, Nabal died. It says in the book of 1 Samuel 25, reading from verse 37. But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him and he became as a stone. And it came to pass about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal that he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord that had pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and had kept his servant from evil. For the Lord had returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head, and David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spoke unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hasted, and arose, and rode upon an ass with five damsels of hers that went after her, and she went after the messengers of David, and became his wife. The lesson here is a lesson of leaving matters in God's hands. Vengeance belongs to God and not to man. The words that David said here in 1 Samuel 25, reading from verse 39 where he said, Blessed be the Lord that had pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. That is what we should think about. We should keep ourselves from evil when people have done us evil and allow God to deal with issues. In Romans twelve, verse seventeen to 19 we are told, Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And in verse 20-21 we are told, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good Amen the, the direction is very clear when people do us evil there is that tendency to want to repay to want, to want to avenge ourselves or vindicate ourselves by doing them hurt but the Lord is pleading with us today avenge not yourselves don't allow evil to overcome you with evil but rather don't even be silent don't do nothing overcome evil with good if your enemy hungers, feed him. It doesn't say make him hungry or be quiet. You know, sometimes when people do evil to us, we don't do them good, neither do we do them evil. We are told that if there's anybody you should do good, it is your enemy. If your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap cause of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. He didn't say but overcome evil with silence, but overcome evil with doing nothing there's three ways we can go about it. We can either overcome evil with evil by doing evil to people who have done us evil or we can choose to say, I'll just do nothing at all. But the Bible speaks to us. Instead, that person that is your enemy who has done you evil, do them good. That's what Jesus teaches us. In Proverbs 20 verse 22, we are told, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Proverbs 24, verse 29 says, Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Don't say that. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 5, verse 38 and 39, You have heard that it had been said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is a very hard saying for many today. But if we will be like our Lord Jesus, then we should do good to those that do us evil. That's simply what Christ is saying when he says, if you are, are stricken on the right cheek, turn the other also. And then he goes on to say, resist not evil. That's basically what he's saying. That you shouldn't resist evil. Don't fight against those who are trying to do evil to you. The instinct of self-preservation would want to make us justify the avenging of oneself or the work that we do to attack those who attack us. But the Lord is teaching us, do not avenge yourselves. Allow God to do it. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. That is what He is teaching us today. Allow Him to do the repaying. We are told not to avenge ourselves because it is God's business to save souls. We also have done things to God that He has forgiven. So, we are not to take vengeance on people because he didn't take vengeance on us. We are therefore bidding to do what God does for us. As God does not take vengeance on us, do not take vengeance on others who do you evil because we also have done evil to the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. God does his own wrath to correct and to restore or to redeem. But the wrath of man or the vengeance of man does not do this. It will not do this. It will only serve to take people away from God even more. Hence, we are told not to avenge ourselves. Abigail presented, by implication, the course that David ought to pursue. He should fight the battles of the Lord. He was not to seek revenge for personal wrongs, even though persecuted as a traitor. These words could have come only from the lips of one who had partaken of the wisdom above that is conflict and courage page 169 paragraph 3 here is one thing we are permitted to avenge or defend we also are to avenge God and not ourselves we can avenge ourselves by speaking ill of those who speak ill of us or by spreading a secret about them when perhaps they said something about us that we don't like or that maybe have been true or not in a bid to avenge ourselves we can reveal secrets that one has confided in us so we can cause them harm. Have you been afflicted by a friend before or enemy, whoever it is? Maybe somebody said evil of you. Do you know that it is revenge that will make you to also say evil of the person? Do not overcome evil with evil. If it was evil for the person to reveal your secret, for example, then don't become like them by revealing their own secret. If it was evil for them to tell lies about you, then don't become like them by telling lies about them if it was evil for them and you feel it that this person did you evil by insulting you or maligning your character or misrepresenting you or speaking any kind of evil maybe suspicion about you if it was evil if you consider it to be evil do not overcome evil with evil by doing the same thing to them maybe by speaking evil of them too or by like i said revealing a secret about them that they told you maybe they revealed yours then you say i'll reveal yours too you are taking vengeance or you start to say things about the person that misrepresents them also or cast doubt on their character if that is what they did to you and you are doing that to them then you are missing what the lord has said we are not to avenge ourselves overcome evil with good did they speak evil of you speak good of them did they misrepresent you properly represent them did they gossip you? Do not gossip them. Do they go around casting doubt on your character and dissecting the motives behind the things you do? Don't do the same to them. Speak well of them. Praise. Encourage them. Tell them that they are blessed of the Lord. That's what the Lord told us to do. Bless them that persecute you. Do good to them that hate you and those that despise, despitefully use you. We are told... That when your enemy hungers give them something to eat because by doing that you are heaping coals of fire on their head. We will will come back to this matter of avenging yourself but let's go to this other lesson now. Nabal was not considerate of somebody who had helped him. He was rewarding evil for good. Proverbs 17 verse 13 tells us, Whoso rewarded evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. We are to be considerate to those who help us. Do not repay good for evil. Be careful therefore who you speak evil against has that person done you evil then why are you speaking evil against the person if many times i realize that when people correct others they get offended with the person is correction a bad thing is rebuke a bad thing It's not if somebody has rebuked you the person is helping you is out of love and it's good the person is doing to you and if you repay the person evil for the good they've done then The Bible says evil will not depart from your house. It is one thing to do evil to just anybody. But God says that if our evil is directed at someone who has been good to us, evil will not depart from our house. It is a fearful thing to think of what will happen to anyone who does this. Nabal had enough to take care of David, but he was spending it in reverie on himself. He was content to do that instead of to give to David. But see what selfishness can do he had enough to give but his selfishness did not permit him he was a greedy and unappreciative person let us learn to compensate people who help us and not turn them into beggars nabal wanted to make david look like a beggar but david already presented himself like a beggar if you remember the words that david spoke to him he said to you i'm my i'm your son i'm your servant give i pray you those are the words david used give i pray you To your servant, to your son, David, please. He begged, but Nabal treated him with a slight. We should learn the lesson not to do that to people who help us. He wanted to make David look like a beggar. We should not get used to receiving things for free. That's something that is about humans. People get addicted to receiving things for free. So far as lies in us, let us be willing to give to those who help us especially when we can see that we are better placed than them in financial and material wealth. God loves a cheerful giver, especially those who give to the cause of God. David was a servant of God. Nabal was a coward. He wouldn't go to fight the battles of the Lord but here was David, fighting battles for Israel free of charge, protecting them from the Philistines. Who was paying him anything? Nobody. He was not a king. He didn't require from anybody that they must give him a certain amount of tax every day or every month. He didn't do that. He was doing free work for the people. Nabal was supposed to see this man of God. If the Philistines was taking, was taking over the, the land of the Israelites, would Nabal have had what he had? He wouldn't. If the Philistines or the Amalekites or any enemy had come to attack Nabal's shepherds, What would have become of Nabal's wealth? Nothing. But Nabal wanted to receive this for free. We should be careful not to get used to receiving things for free. Like I said, David was a servant of God and Nabal was a coward. He would not join the army of the Lord to fight the battles of the Lord. The best he could do would have been to give to them even before they asked, not waiting for them to ask the best he could do when he saw this servant of God doing the work of God knowing that he himself doesn't have the strength of David or the might of David he could have appreciated and said wow these men are protecting Israel look at how valiant they are fighting the battles of the Lord free of charge not collecting anything from anybody he could have at least blessed David it is not everybody who can fight like David and God recognizes that and that is why he said in the book of Matthew chapter 10 Because it is not everyone who can go around preaching the word of God. It is not everyone who can be an evangelist. It is not everyone who can be a medical missionary or a doctor. But the Lord expects that in whatever way you can assist, you assist. In Matthew 10, verse 40 to 42, God said, He that receiveth you, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. The Lord took matters into his own hands. Nabal was slain by the Lord. We should learn not to take matters into our own hands too. So from this passage we just read in Matthew 10, the Lord is teaching us a lesson that we should in our own way try to help when you see the servants of God doing the work and not expect that they will be beggars. Again, not in that um, matter as David presented it now. But all that Nabal could have done was to assist in the way he can. Like Jesus said, if you give to a prophet just because he's a prophet, you will receive the same reward that the prophet receives. The Lord is telling you, you will receive the same reward that the prophet receives. Is it a righteous man or a disciple of God? Are you giving to them because you see that this is a disciple of God? This is a righteous man. This is a prophet of God. Like David was a servant of God. If Nabal had given to him, he will be regarded as equal to one of the servants of God who was fighting the battles of the Lord. Because God is not going to require for you from you what you don't have. What did Nabal have? He had the material wealth. He doesn't have the strength of David. If he gave of his wealth to David, God will bless him with the same blessing that David was going to be blessed with. Let us learn not to receive things for free. That is a lesson we can learn from here. Now, going back to the lesson of avenging ourselves, in our present day, We are faced with things that will always um, incite us. In the book of Luke 18 verse 1 it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? Though he bear long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man shall come, Shall he find faith on the earth? Amen. Who does this woman, this widow, represent? The woman represents the disciples of God, the children of God in this earth. It represents you, it represents me. When we do the commandments of God, this woman had an adversary. This represents the people of God who are living faithfully to the commandments of God, who, because of their faithfulness to God's word, are being oppressed are being maligned, persecuted, and are punished because they would not sin. There are some people today that the world does not favor them because they choose to keep God's commandments. They have no regard for them because they refuse to cheat, they refuse to lie, they refuse to break the Sabbath. The people of the world make them to lose many things that they are supposed to get. It is such people that this widow represents and it is unjust what they pass through and God sees the injustice but God is telling us that we ought always to pray we are not to take vengeance to ourselves but we are to leave it to the Lord but how are we to do it? we are continually to pray and as we come closer to the end of time we will face the adversity of the world even in a more stronger fashion and then this parable will come to play even more deeply when God will say that he will come and avenge his people when Michael will stand. Reading from Christ Object Lessons, page 170, it says, The prayer, do me justice of mine adversary, applies not only to Satan, but to the agencies whom he instigates to misrepresent, to tempt, and to destroy the people of God. Those who have decided to obey the commandments of God will understand by experience that they have adversaries who are controlled by a power from beneath. Such adversaries beset Christ at every step, how constantly and determinedly who no human being can ever know. Christ's disciples, like their master, are followed by continual temptation. Often, the elect people of God have to stand before men in official positions, who do not make the word of God their guide and counsellor, but who follow their own unconsecrated undisciplined impulses. In the parable of the unjust judge, Christ has shown what we should do. Now, listen what we should do now. It says, Shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him? Christ, our example, did nothing to vindicate or deliver himself. He committed his case to God. So, his followers are not to accuse or condemn or to resort to force in order to deliver themselves. When trials arise that seem unexplainable, we should not allow our peace to be spoiled. However unjustly we may be treated, let not passion arise. By indulging a spirit of retaliation, we injure ourselves. We destroy our own confidence in God and grieve the Holy Spirit. There is by our side a witness, a heavenly messenger, who will lift up for us a standard against the enemy. He will shut us in with the bright beams of the Sun of Righteousness. Beyond this, Satan cannot penetrate. He cannot pass this shield of holy light. While the world is progressing wickedness, none of us need flatter ourselves that we shall have no difficulties. But it is these very difficulties that bring us into, into the audience chamber of the Most High. We may seek counsel of one who is infinite in wisdom. The Lord says, "Call upon me in the day of trouble, psalm chapter fifty, verse fifteen. He invites us to present to him our perplexities and necessities and our need of divine help. He bids us be instant in prayer as soon as difficulties arise. We are to offer to Him our sincere earnest petitions, petitions. by our importunate prayers. We give evidence of our strong confidence in God. The sense of our need leads us to pray earnestly, and our heavenly Father is moved by our supplications end of quote so here the lord is telling us what we ought to do pray when someone persecutes you pray when you have adversaries pray when you have enemies pray when you are unjustly treated pray when your right is taken away from you pray do not use force do not go into contention do not by any means do something That is not in harmony with the word of God. When you do that, you forfeit the protection of God. God is telling us what we should do. Commit your case to God. Do not do anything to vindicate yourself. Do not accuse. Do not condemn. Now, like I was saying earlier, this not avenging ourselves will come into more uh, pointed light as we come closer to the end of time. When God's people will be put will be attacked by the world because they refuse to fall in line with or comply with the world's agenda. At that time, the Lord will once will come to avenge his people. That time we will need to pray even more and say, "Lord, avenge me of my adversaries." In Christ Object Lessons page 178, starting from paragraph 4, it says, "The time is near." When he will say, Come, my people, and enter thou into the chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place, to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain, Isaiah 26.20-21. Men who claim to be Christians may now defraud and oppress the poor. They may rob the widow and fatherless. They may indulge their satanic hatred because they cannot control the consciences of God's people. But for all this, God will bring them into judgment. I'll pause here. You see, these men being control. They are in the world today, the elites who are trying to control the world. They try to do it in 2020, 2021 when they brought that lockdown in the name of a so-called pandemic that was not really a pandemic which has not even changed till now, but now the world is going as it was before, then why did they lock the people down? There is a people who are trying to control the consciences of men. The Lord is seeing all of this. We ought to pray. Don't look at what is happening in the world and feel like, oh, we can see what they are doing. Harari, Klaus Schwab, and all the sorrows and The rest of them who are trying to control the masses, pray about these things. We are not to keep silent. We are to pray. We are not to go into violence. We are to pray. The Lord who scattered Babel without the violence of God's people can scatter their plans without us being violent, without us condemning and accusing. We should pray in our little corners wherever you are. When you see these people of the world trying to bring about changes that will cause the people of God not to live in peace anymore or bring about changes that would persecute God's people that is a time to pray. I'll continue the reading now. It says, They may indulge a satanic hatred because they cannot control the consciences of God's people but for all this God will bring them into judgment. They shall have judgment without mercy that have showed no mercy. James 2 verse 13 Not long hence they will stand before the judge of all the earth to render an account for the pain that they have caused to the bodies and souls of his heritage. Do you know that people are spreading diseases intentionally? They are going to answer for it. God will avenge. I continue the reading now. They may now indulge in false accusations. They may deride those whom God has appointed to do his work. They may consign his believing ones to prison, to the chain gang, to banishment, to death. But for every pang of anguish, every tear shed, they must answer. God will reward them double for their sins concerning Babylon the symbol of the apostate church he says to his ministers of judgment her sins have reached unto heaven and God had remembered her iniquities reward her even as she rewarded you and doubled unto her double according to her works in the cup which she had filled filled to her double revelation 18 verse 5 and 6 from India from Africa, from China, from the islands of the sea, from the downtrodden millions of so-called Christian lands, the cry of human woe is ascending to God. That cry will not long be unanswered. God will cleanse the earth from its moral pollution, not by a sea of water as in Noah's day, but by a sea of fire that cannot be quenched by any human device. Let me stop and say something. When we look at these countries that was mentioned—India, Africa, China, the whole of Africa, let us say—and also India, I also add Singapore, Indonesia, China. If you know what men have done to people in these places, wow! Is it the slavery, or is it what happened in India during the colonization through the English people? The things that were done, the Lord faithfully chronicled it, and He will repay. That's what He says: "Vengeance is mine." I will repay. To the black community, there is no need to keep repeating the issues of racism that happened in the past. Let go and move on. The Lord will repay for those things. Leave it alone. To the Indians, the Lord is saying the same thing. To those who are in Africa, who the people who have stolen from your resources even in India, calm down. Pray unto the Lord, the Lord will repay. Continuing the reading it says, There shall be a time of trouble such as never was, since there was a nation, even to the same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found, written in the book, Daniel 12 verse 1. From garrets, from hovels, from dungeons, from scaffolds, from mountains and deserts, from the caves of the earth and the caverns of the sea, Christ will gather his children to himself. On earth they have been destitute, afflicted and tormented. Millions have gone down to the grave, loaded with infamy, because they refused to yield to the deceptive claims of Satan. By human tribunals, the children of God have been adjudged, the vilest of criminals. But the day is near when God is judge himself Psalm 50 verse 6. Then the decisions of earth shall be reversed. The rebuke of his people shall he take away Isaiah White robes will be given to every one of them, Revelation 6, verse 11, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, Isaiah 62, verse 12. Whatever crosses they have been called to bear, whatever losses they have sustained, whatever persecution you have suffered, even to the loss of your temporal life, the children of God are amply recompensed they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Revelation 22 verse 4 End of quote. Amen. Let us leave vengeance in God's hands. God is going to pay us back for whatever we suffer. Are you in a battle with a neighbor, with a friend, with the world over something that rightfully belongs to you but yet the world wants to take it away from you? Do not use force do not condemn. If they will do that to you, leave it alone vengeance belongs to the lord he will repay even in this present life the lord will take care of you let us leave vengeance to god and not take things to our hands as we learn that from the life of david let us put it into practice let us pray dear father in heaven i pray that you would help us that whatever things we pass through in life that we will leave vengeance in your hands There is a strong temptation to take things into our own hands. A strong temptation to vindicate ourselves, to condemn, to accuse, to use force. Please, Lord, help us. Forgive us for the times we have done this and help us that whenever we are tempted to do that, that we will leave things in your hands by faith. Thank you for hearing our prayers and answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.